We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show on Orlando Magic Podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic Basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic! What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. Today is May 25th, 2023. Jonathan Osborne here. As always, you know I am joined by the co-host, Luke Sylvia from State Farm. Luke, what is up, my man? Uh, man, not not a whole lot. I uh, Just waiting and waiting and waiting for the NBA draft to take place. Enjoying some downtime somewhat. We're, you know, uh, as far as the podcast goes, we're still we're still moving. Even when we're not recording, we're still moving. So we're doing stuff and uh, and enjoying doing all of that. So man, it's it's been good. How hard are we rooting for the Celtics to be the first team in NBA history to come back from down three zero to win a series? It'd be so because sweet, I man. feel like they have as good of a chance as any team for sure. that has gone down. Because like the talent level yeah. is still so immense, like the gap between the two teams. It's not going to happen, but if it does, man, it would be the no, most listen, awesome thing ever. Listen, man, the the pivotal game is going to be the game back in Miami. Boston is favored by eight points tomorrow night or tonight as you guys are listening to this because it's in Boston. They can out-talented this Miami Heat roster, all right, guys? They can do it. You just got to win that one back in Miami. Win game six in Miami. That's all you got to do, and then it's then it's just comes down to a game seven. Can you even getting a game seven out of this would be otherworldly? Would be a lot of fun. I think there's only one other team like it right now. Teams that go down three zero are a, like zero and one hundred fifty all time. I think there's like one team that has made it to a game seven. Can you imagine just what a kick in the balls that would be? If you're you the if you're the in Celtics. my personal life, you have no idea how much I'm hearing. Oh, Jimmy Butler, Heat culture, Jimmy <laughs> Butler. Like I'm so sick and freaking tired of hearing about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Listen, man i I cannot imagine the pain if you're a Boston fan and you should have won this series. 
all things considered. You should you should win this series. I know what what the games have told us so far. It's that Boston shouldn't win this series, but it still feels like Boston should have won this series, regardless of how it turns out. Can you imagine you're a Boston fan. You're like, man, it's the same experience the Knicks had, where they're like, man, we really dodged a bullet. We don't got to play the Bucks, and then you lose, and now you're playing Boston, and Boston fans are like, man, can you imagine? We but we dodged the Bucks. We dodge the Knicks, who by all accounts should be a better team. Harder matchup, maybe. And, man, we got the heat. And then you go through just like the the I, I, just the just mental war of it all. You go down 3-0. You win game four. If you push it to game seven and you lose, I'd almost be like, man, I wish they would have swept us. I don't care. I wish they would have swept us. That That... There's nothing worse than a close loss, and there's definitely got to be nothing worse on the planet than being down 3-0, taking it to Game 7, and losing at home. That would be atrocious. Well, I remember in 2010 going down 3-0 to the Celtics and pushing it to Game 6. And then, obviously, you know you, you lose you know, Game 6, but it's like... It, you're so close. You're like, man, maybe, maybe we can be the first team to do it. And then like losing that series, it would have been much more painful losing it in seven. But I really believe that the Magic were going to be the first team to come back from being down 3-0. So you, the only thing no. better than that. <laughs> oh, go screw yourself. <laughs> the only thing better than that would be the Heat being up 3-0 in the Eastern Conference Finals and then losing it. That would just make my freaking year. That would mm-hmm. almost be as good as winning the number one overall pick, in my opinion. <laughs> but I am the ultimate heat hater. Like I don't, I prey on their demise. I am people. Are, oh, you, you, you're just a hater. You are damn right. I <laughs> absolutely despise the Heat. I would rather any team win any championship in the history of the world, other than the Miami Heat winning a title. So. Anyways, we have a fun episode lined up for you guys today. We're joined by Orlando Sentinel, Orlando Magic beat writer, Kobe Price later on the episode, and we talk about a whole bunch of stuff. I, we know that you all saw the Paolo Bancaro Slam Magazine cover and the Slam Magazine spread. We absolutely talk about that. There was some fake Portland, Orlando, Anthony Simons, and three for Gary Harris, Wendell Carter, six and 11 trades on Twitter on what is today, Tuesday. Or Wednesday. I don't even remember what day of the week it is currently. We talk about that as well. So be sure to stay tuned uh, for that conversation. But remember, folks, uh, we're just about a month out from the draft. Coming up on June 22nd is going to be the NBA draft. The Orlando Magic are throwing a draft party at Amway Center that night. Doors open at 630. You can go to OrlandoMagic.com. Reserve your tickets now. They are free, but you will need tickets to get in the door. We're trying to plan something to do with fans that night just so that we can all see each other and have a good time and celebrate. Still kind of ironing out the details and what that is going to look like, but stay tuned, watch our social media accounts, listen to the podcast for more information. And, and as soon as we know, you all will know, we'll put all that information out there. But again, that's going to be June 22nd, at 6.30. Luke, one thing that we figured we needed to discuss on the pod today is Aaron Gordon, former Orlando Magic player Aaron Gordon. And even before the comments that he made post-game, after Game 4, after the Nuggets swept the Lakers, 
people were like congratulating Aaron Gordon and they're like, yeah, so happy for Aaron. And I'm sitting here like I'm rooting for the Nuggets, but it ain't because of Aaron Gordon. It was because it looks like the Heat are going to the finals and I desperately need the Nuggets to beat the Heat in the finals. So when I said that, I guess I figured that I was probably going to get a little bit of pushback from people that were happy like uh, you know about Aaron Gordon, but I didn't think it was going to turn into like as big of a conversation. So that happened and then Aaron Gordon, he was asked after their game just to kind of talk about his journey, you know, coming from Orlando, getting traded, playing for the Nuggets, you know, they've had some playoff success the last couple of years but really haven't been able to put it all together and now to be going to the NBA Finals. And this is the the quote that everybody took from it. He said, it's been a lot of work. I'm just ecstatic to come to an organization that plays the right way. And then said, I'm just enjoying the moment. Now, Luke, before I throw it to you and get your take, I do want to add the additional context that for like, from the beginning of this you know, answer, like from the question to the point that he said this, it's probably like 15 to 20 seconds where he's talking about like, all of the two-a-days, three-a-days, four-a-days, all the work that he's put into his game, you know, year after year after year. And then he gets to this quote talking about how it's great to come to an organization that, you know, does things the right way. What are your thoughts just on Aaron Gordon, you know, kind of all-encompassing, and then also about his comments? I I don't like Aaron Gordon. The 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 person he's a he's a little weird for my liking uh just off putting i don't know what the word is but it also it just frustrated me i already don't like him so i'm not going to give him the benefit of the doubt with this quote whatsoever but he starts talking about you know although earlier in the in that quote in the answer the one a days, two a days. I thought this guy was going to start talking about doing eight a days he just kept going not on the seven, list i was like bro not eight da, da, before a days all right bro whatever dude um he so, does have a gym in his house so yeah i shoot i, I shot hoops days. four separate times during the day in middle school so i did four days as well whatever Aaron. um and then I'm, he goes i'm gonna on. guess that aaron was doing a little bit more than what you were doing in middle school he was just dunking that's on. all he was he was just dunking that's all he was doing bro he was dunking um and then he goes on to talk about i'm just ecstatic to yada yada as you said you read the quote but it was the verbiage that rubbed me the wrong way. I'm just excited to come to an organization. Well, if you're talking about where you came to, where were you before? That, uh, why did you say that? Like, it just, it just revealed in the verbiage to me. It was a shot at Orlando to me. And I don't know that I can be convinced otherwise. I really don't. It, he didn't have to say all that. Yeah, so about his journey to Denver and whatever. And then he goes on to tack on at the end and land the plane with, I'm just excited to come to an organization that yada, yada, yada. So whatever, whatever way he meant it, I don't care. I'm a, a bitter Magic fan in this moment. And uh, and Aaron Gordon left the wrong way. He doesn't give himself room for benefit of the doubt, in my opinion. Things that he said after the trade, all that kind of stuff. More than entitled to request the trade. That is fine. But then, you know, press conference stuff. This isn't his first little blurb about, you know, the comparing and the magic and how excited he is being Denver. Great. You have a chance to win a championship, and I hope you do, but not because of you. I hope that it's because 
the Heat are getting beat 4-0 in the finals. That's that's what I care about. I just Aaron Gordon, I couldn't care less. But then he comes up just randomly when I haven't thought about the guy in forever. And this is what he does. So let me preface this by saying I fully, like wholeheartedly loved Aaron Gordon when he was in Orlando. I rooted for him with every ounce of my being. I have to my right on this wall over here, I have an autographed uh, like 11 by 14, I guess this probably is, of him doing the chair in the air dunk over stuff during All-Star Weekend in 2016. Like to me, like that's probably top 10 moments in Orlando Magic history, like somewhere, maybe not top 10, but like 10 to 15. Like it's, it's not an insignificant moment in Orlando Magic history. And if we're looking at the last decade, it's easily top five moments, you know? So that was, that night was a lot of fun for me. Like just, it is the greatest dunk contest that we've ever seen in the NBA that year, 2016. So regardless of, of what he's done since like that, is always going to be a a special moment to me. So I still have that on my wall. You are right. Every right to request a trade, the organization, I don't want to say did wrong by him, but certainly didn't do him any favors. You know, what was it? Like four or five head coaches in his six seasons here miscast him. You know, you hire Frank Vogel and now you're telling this kid that he could be Paul George and kind of put something in his head for the next few years. I think that he felt like he needed to be the guy for this franchise and just wasn't really equipped to be able to do that. And people want to talk about how he's excelling in Denver. It's like, yeah, now he's playing next to arguably the best, the best player in the league. And he has accepted his role in what we all knew he would have excelled in here in Orlando. If the magic put him in a similar position to succeed. And he accepted that role. The comments once he's traded to Denver, like now, Oh, I finally feel like I can go all out absolutely rubbed me the wrong way. And at that point I was like, okay, I'm not actively rooting against this guy or like rooting on his downfall, but I'm not like really rooting for him either. Somebody accused me of like not liking him or or something like that. And I said, no, I'm really just indifferent. Like I don't, I don't care either way. Like I don't sit here and think about Aaron Gordon, but what I will say in my knee jerk reaction to that quote that came out. And now that I've gone back and, and watched the, uh, the entirety of the question and the quote, I do, and you, you and I are going to disagree here, and we're probably not going to change each other's minds, and that's fine. But I do not feel like it was a shot at Orlando. I feel like he tries to be like a super thoughtful guy, or at least appear to be a super thoughtful guy, but doesn't always say the right thing, I guess, in a certain way. And I think that was the case. When people look at the quote and say, I'm happy to come from an organization, and then to your point, you said, Well, where were you coming from? I don't think he was thinking about that at all. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that those are the the words that he chose to put into this conversation because it does look like, hey, he he might be taking a shot at Orlando there. But I I just don't think that he still sits around and thinks about how Orlando did him wrong. Like, sure, the organization might not have been ran the best from top to bottom when we were here. But the moment that you asked out, we got you out and we got you to a contender. And now you're playing in the NBA finals. I don't I just don't feel like he has any you know, ill feelings towards Orlando anymore. I, I hesitate to believe that he doesn't have this level of pettiness years removed from a situation, not to bring it up because he only knows two situations, right? He knows Orlando. He knows Denver. We're talking about a guy that changed his Jersey number to 50 
because he was bitter about the dunk contest and he wanted to remind everybody that he should be getting 50s and did get 50s on dunks, blah, 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 blah. He, he, if he is petty enough to do that, then I, I don't put it above, you know, past him to make co- offhanded comments about the organization he was with because he's bitter about how it played out and he didn't get to end up being the Paul George type of guy. And it is what it is. But that's, yeah, like you said, we, we won't agree on this and that's fine, but there's just more evidence to support him not getting the benefit of the doubt, especially from a Magic fan. And I agree with a lot of that. Just like this particular instance, I didn't feel like it was a shot at Orlando. It doesn't make me like him anymore. It doesn't make me dislike him anymore either. Like I said, I'm really just indifferent when it comes to Aaron Gordon. And and yeah, I wish the Nuggets the best of luck in the finals. If Aaron Gordon happens to win a ring as well, that's fantastic. Good for him. Happy for the guy. But uh, yeah, we're we're just worried about what's going on in, in Orlando over here. Before we get to the interview with Kobe Price, I want to take a quick second to shout out our wonderful patrons, the folks that help financially support each and every episode. I want to give a big shout out to our guy, Blake Bickerstaff, who upgraded from the rookie level to the all-star level this month. So thank you so much, Blake, for your support. And then we'll go ahead and shout out all of the Hall of Fame and elite tier patrons, starting with the Court Cousins, Drew Gooden, Armin, Carson Tulo, Normal, Magic Player History, Gabe Gaines, Wiffle, Michael Martin, Jamel Miller, Michael Salapong, The Distract, Donkey Punch Dave, Paolo and Franz's Warmth, Pause, Pierre A, Nostalgia and M&M's, Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, Eduardo Sanchez, Drum, Danimal, Dutto 15, Bobby Skinner, Goaty 93, Teddy Sylvia, Eric Lopez, Fuchsia, Juan Gerardo, Bill Fulton, Edmund Lagone, Jose Esquilin, Destined for Greatness, Caleb Pete, Cannibalism, Ty, Mr. TV, Joe Rothfuss, ESPN Really Sucks, Gear 95, Shred, Junior Bruce, Half Recon, Shahan 177, Bulby the Dawn, Himlo, Ban Himro, Arm Prop 221, Ray Pastrana, Magic Kid 714, Spank Too Hard, Soft Taco, Jesse, Johnny B, Fuego Nando, Victor Cologne, Fanimal 72, Irish Magic Mike, Austin Lampy, Random Hustle, Bull Bull, his first name is his last name, Only France, Maria, Keith Wallace, and Fritz. A big shout out to all of our patrons. You can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And now, let's get into the conversation with our boy, Kobe Price. All right, Orlando Magic fans, we are now joined by a very special guest and friend of the podcast, the Orlando Magic beat writer for the Orlando uh, Orlando Sentinel, Kobe Price. What's going on, Kobe? How are you, my friend? What up, y'all? I'm good. How y'all doing? 
Good. We're doing well here. Obviously, draft combine just wrapped up. Uh, you were at the combine uh, and you were at the draft lottery. What were the vibes like the night of the draft lottery? You were obviously there last year when the Magic get the number one overall pick. And mm. we weren't there at seven, which seemed like the most likely scenario. So what was kind of like the energy in the room and, and maybe around the Magic when you're not there at seven? Yeah, I mean, I guess to kind of pull back the curtain, the general vibe before even like going into the actual lottery room, like there's a media room. It was actually, I like the setup this year. The media room was like next to the lottery room. And the entire vibe going in between both rooms, like, who's going to get the number one pick? And AKA, who's going to get Victor Mbenyama? Like, that's essentially what we were all thinking. And there was a few of us going through the table. It was like, if this team gets it, this is what it's going to look like. This team doesn't deserve the number one pick. Oh, uh, this team gets the number one pick. Ah, uh, we don't want that. So it was just a whole bunch of like, that's the big thing. Like, who's going to get Victor? Like, that's the entire like vibe, entire energy around the lottery before it starts. Then you get in the room and you can just kind of feel this anxiousness. Um, and as, you know, the teams have their representatives at the front, uh, kind of toward the front of the room. You can't see it on camera, but, um, you know, the Magic had Jeff and Alex and uh, Cole DeVos and then, you know, other teams had there. So you can kind of see, like, with each one being announced, for some teams, you're hearing, like, kind of like a, aww, aww. And, it, and it's one of those things that doesn't really pick up on the broadcast or TV, but in the room, you can hear, like, aww, like, or people be like, <laughs> And then... When it gets to the magic at seven, like in my head, forget, like before we even get to seven, we had done what, 14, 13, 14, 13, 12, 11. And in my head, I'm thinking, wait, if I don't see Orlando or Chicago here, or Orlando here at 10, that means they're going to Chicago. So I'm looking like, wait a second, is this about to happen? And then Orlando's car came up and was kind of like, all right, they got, uh, they, or they got 11, not, not 10, they get 11. So it's like, all right, then we're going through the lottery. And there were some teams, I think it was, I think it was like Houston and Portland. When Houston was what, four, right? No, when Detroit was five, there was a whole lot of just like, because <gasps> they went from one to five. And this is the kind of stuff that you don't pick up on the broadcast. Uh, but in the room, it just kind of creates like a entertaining, just kind of like, like I was looking around, like, I can't believe they fell to five Houston four. Right. So when Houston goes, there's almost like a sigh of relief. And I think that kind of speaks to like, mm -hmm. everybody, maybe outside of Houston, didn't want Houston to get Victor Mbiyama. If that, that's how I interpreted it, maybe I'm wrong, but at least in that room that we were in, it felt like a whole lot of people were not trying to go for Houston to get Victor. Then when Portland got three, there was a whole lot of, oh, like people were like, not sad, but kind of like, they were like wanting Portland to move up higher. I don't know. That was my interpretation of it. Uh, and then obviously everybody saw on TV the reaction to San Antonio getting number one. Uh, the reaction that, you know, we saw in actually in the room was the reaction that you guys saw on TV that, yeah, let's go from the Spurs representative. Uh, it was even louder in person. So I was looking down and all I heard was, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, this, I haven't heard this kind of reaction since Alvin Gentry when the Pelicans won uh, the 2019 lottery. So, but yeah, so that, that's my, my lively recap of the lottery. I, so obviously I, oh, I didn't even mention the magic at six. But yeah, when I saw that, I was just kind of like, yeah, that, that adds up. Like you jump up last year you know, to get into top, whatever, a top four pick, even top three pick, it was um, not likely. But to get up to six, you know, 
get six and 11, you have two top 11 picks, two lottery picks. That's just, those are significant pieces to build from, you know, the foundation of the team has been laid, has been set. And now it's about supplementing your talent pool uh, on the roster. And, you know, six, 11, 36, there are plenty of opportunities, whether it's actually drafting young players or trades, whatever it may be to, you know, freshen up the roster, liven up the roster or make some additions uh, ahead of the 2023, 2024 season. The, so during this coverage, Kobe, and I obviously at this point, you know, when you're in the room, you, you don't see this, but something that is now, thankfully we don't have to go through this hopefully again, uh, at least not, you know, with, with, you know, implications on a top three, four pick there's, they always show the, the room where the drawing actually happens. They always show it Mm -hmm. uh, at some point before they reveal picks. Right. So last year, Joel glass, obviously representing the magic last year and this year, Joel glass, Jonathan noted last year, he looks happy. Like he, he had a smile on his face and then we just kind of moved on, forgot about it. Right. But then we revisited it and we're like, maybe that was something. This year, the what they showed, and I don't know when this footage is taken, and it could be a coincidence, but this footage showed there's Joel Glass shaking, I believe it was the Pacers uh, rep, his hand, and that was it. Like, it was a very solemn, like, he was the only, Joel was one of the only ones standing, shakes his hand, there was no expression, anything. So after that, I was like, oh, maybe I, I guess it might not be number one. He wasn't smiling. <laughs> uh, so now we're just superstitious or maybe a little bit too like intuitive with this. But um, but yeah, that's the type of stuff the viewers from home get. Um, can you talk briefly? I know you you talked about like the just the room reactions, but leading up, like just detail wise, like when do you when did you get to the room and and all that kind of stuff? Like how much time do you hang out before? Uh, as far as like this day, what's the the prep of the day look like for you? Yeah, so the actual the, the lottery's on a Tuesday, and they changed the combine lottery setup this year compared to last year. So last year, to get I guess pull back the current a little bit more, the G League, <clears throat> the G League combine, I forget what the official name of it, but that's essentially what it is. The G League combine was Monday, Tuesday last year, and the NBA combine was Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. This year, the G League combine was I think it was Saturday, Sunday. And then the NBA, like the actual NBA combine where they did the measurements and the on-court drills, all that stuff was a Monday. They had nothing on Tuesday. They had no combine-related activity, at least not for media, at least to my knowledge. That's what the schedule said. So if I'm wrong, NBA communications, I'm blaming you. Uh, um, There was nothing like Tuesday. So last year, I was already like, last year because of the GD combine, I went to the GD combine. I just basically, you know, it's at Wintrust and you go to McCormick, just basically in that environment for damn near all day this year you know i didn't you can't even get in until i think like 4 30 i want to say maybe four so rolled up probably around like four o'clock you know going to the media room you know they have food they got tvs um talking to a lot of people like this for me this is like one of the first times i've seen a lot of people like a lot of media from either the season or honestly from like last year's lottery so just catching up talking to people around you know in the media circles national local um and it's just like, honestly, it's just like a bunch of time just preparing. Like, yeah, I have my pre-written stuff ready just in case of like, what if they get one or two or three or whatever, whatever the, I'm forgetting already now, but whatever the, the possibilities were for the Magic with their pick and the Bulls pick. Uh, so, but yeah, it's just like from four o'clock to I think central time, like the lottery starts at seven or seven. Yeah, I think it was seven. Just a lot of just like chatting around, you know, catching up with people. 
uh, like I said, already having the work taken kind of taken care of in that sense and just waiting to see, you know, talking with people about like, oh, what's this team going to do or what would this team do in this, this situation? Oh, this team, you know, they maybe deserve a little bit more than this team or like how if this, you know, we're kind of going through all the possibilities, you know, also understanding that in the mere hours, none of it will matter because the lottery order will be determined. Um, but it, it was just like I said, a little different this year, just because there was no combine activities, whether it's G League or NBA combine. It was purely just a pure lottery night, which was, I guess, probably best for the teams in that sense, because, you know, having to do the G League combine and then the lottery just makes for a, a tremendously long day. Same for media. So it, it was nice, I guess, to have that kind of breakup in that sense. So the Magic have now come out of the lottery with the 6th and 11th picks. And obviously, like as soon as the lottery results are, are known, starts the mock draft. Sorry, everyone knows Victor's going to go number one. Scoot and Brandon Miller, you know, two or three or maybe flip-flop, depending on how you view those guys. And then it seems like the draft kind of starts at four. A lot of people have, you know, Amen Thompson or uh, depending on you know what fan you are of what team, you might be hoping that they go Jairus Walker and then maybe Amen Thompson is there at five. Again, looking at the Magic, 6-11, and 11, what do you think the Magic's philosophy should be going into this draft? And what type of players, if you were the one making the decision on draft night in the war room there, would you be targeting? Whew, tough decisions. Glad, you know, if I make these decisions, I hope we get paid the big bucks uh, for them too. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I think for the Magic, I mentioned this a little earlier, like the foundation has been laid, you know, even before, honestly, even before last year's, you know, before even drafting Paulo, like the foundation of what this team is supposed to be or is going to be has been laid. And Paulo kind of solidifies, like, all right, this is how we're going to we're going to build the team almost around him and the vision of like Paulo Franz. Like you kind of have guys in place already that, in theory, like, it, you don't you, when you're building this team, you build you. I think I even asked Jeff about it, and I, if I could pull the quote up quickly, I would. But it may take a minute. But I asked him like how does drafting Paolo or even drafting Franz and Jalen the previous year, like how does that change things? And he said that uh, I'm um, paraphrasing that with each draft, each time you add significant players, significant young players, that changes your outlook for the next draft for the next, whatever, like the next possibilities to add into your roster. So the philosophy this year, you know, you want to take who you think is going to be the best player for your team, you know, right character fit, right team fit, all that. But the philosophy is going to be, you know, we're going to have to find guys who fit around to our current guys probably the best. And that doesn't mean you take a lesser player because you think, all right, this guy's a better fit. It's just like you have to keep in mind when you draft a player, you know, they have to be able to, you know, play alongside Paolo and Franz and Wendell or, you know, Paolo and Franz or Markel, like whatever, uh, however you view, I guess, the core of this team. So that's why I'm like, look at this. I'm assuming the same thing as you guys. Like Victor's going number one. And the Spurs might as well have his jersey out in their team store right now, a month ahead of the draft. I I, I don't care. Brandon Miller and Scoot Henderson, even if they even if they, one of we get shots and neither of them goes, you know, one of them doesn't go two or three, they're both probably gonna go in the top four. Um, I honestly think the draft starts at two, just because I do think there could be some intriguing team in terms of teams moving up, or uh, you know, maybe who's two right now, Charlotte, maybe Charlotte's like, you know what, we're going to take Brandon Miller and then Houston's looking at themselves. Uh, I mean, Houston, Portland's look, looking at themselves like, man, are we going to take at scoot to all the guards that we already have? 
I don't know. That's something, or maybe they, you know, maybe they try to trade back. I'm not sure. Um, but I think for the Magic, it's just about, you know, finding the right, I guess, complementary players to supplement the roster and also add to the depth of this roster. You know, that's the one thing that you can kind of look at the depth chart or look at the team and say, hey, like, you feel like there's a solid, you know, foundation there, but you need to build a little bit more guys who can, you know, intertwine a little bit, you know, play alongside multiple permutations of this roster. You know, if you want to get to specific players, you can do that at some point down the podcast, but there are plenty of players in this draft who I think if I could say like, yeah, this guy could play alongside, you know, Paulo and Franz, or he can, you know, compliment these guys, or he can play alongside, you know, you can, you can have a double big lineup, quote unquote, double big, Wendell and this guy or you could have a you know multi-guard lineup and have a smaller lineup like that's the kind of thinking you need to have you know with this draft it's not just about drafting oh yeah let's get you know you can't even trade up for Victor because nobody's going to do that but it's not just about that it's just about like how do we push this team forward or the guys that are going to push this team forward with in mind that we already have you know the guy who we think is going to be our guy Mr. Slam magazine cover and uh, wasn't Franz on like a German magazine last summer or, he, he or was, like after like, FIBA? He, he was right around the time of, of Eurobasket. I forget the yeah. name of uh, of that magazine now. I'm still trying to track down my copy. But don't you <laughs> so, worry. We will talk about the Palo Slam cover. We have to. So you already got some you already have magazine headliners Like you need to you need to you need to get some guys who are going to like fill in the inner pages a little bit more. If that makes sense. So. Let's talk about this real quick because I love hypotheticals because either they mean something or they might not mean anything at all. You talk about Scoot and the potential that maybe, you know, he doesn't go to. And then Portland, maybe they want to, you know, maybe they want to get rid of that pick. Let's say in this scenario that the Magic somehow put something together that they move up to a position to get Scoot. Now, maybe Portland just doesn't care about trading the pick and they just pick who they want. And then, you know, the magic do a deal with number four of, you know, Hey, scoots there. We've got some firepower. Let's get it done. What do you think that that means for Markel Fultz? Cause I, I've, I've talked about it with, with Jonathan on the last pod, but what interested in your take, do you think Markel Fultz is pretty immovable when it comes to this team? Or would you say uh, he's, he, you know, right deal comes along. He's definitely on the table. I mean, I feel like I, I could say the latter for most of this roster, to be honest. Like, I don't even say that in, like, a bad way. Just kind of, like, there are very – I think a lot of people be surprised by how, like, you think how movable a guy is, and then, like, the right opportunity presents this kind of, like, uh, he's a little bit more movable than we thought. <laughs> and, you know, we can, you could say that, I would say, about, like, most guys, like, on any team. So this isn't, this isn't even, like, a Markel critique. Um, I would say, though, out of all the players on the roster – um, Markel's, I guess, movability, if you want to call it that, um, in terms of, I guess, internally, then externally, at least my read on it, like he's as solidified in terms of, you know, he's very, he's very valued by this team. Um, not he's valued by what he brings to the locker room, by what he brings on the floor, the maturity. And I think just the energy he brings, you know, when they were on that losing streak or like right before him, uh, Markel and Cole came back, and even, yeah, right before Markel and, Markel and Cole came back, you know, there was a feeling of, let's just get, you know, this guy back, or these guys back, Markel and Cole, but especially Markel, let's get Markel back, because he's going to be able to stir 
you know, stir the drink to say in the way that we need. And I do think the Magic look at him as, as a significant part of this team. Does that mean he's untradeable? No, I wouldn't say that because a lot of guys are more movable than we kind of want to think of them as, you know, no matter how long they are with the team or how much success they may bring, you know, to a level, most guys are more tradable than not. You go through the, if, you, if I give you the top 450 players, you would be surprised by how high you would go before you'd be like, all right, these are the, you know, the stop on tradables. But from, I guess, the nuanced part of it, like Markel's standing is pretty solidified. It just it would have to be the right deal to a point where, again, the Magic would feel they're pushing the team forward in whatever deal. Now, with that being said, I don't see a deal happening uh, involving Markel. And I would also be surprised if the Magic were, you were bringing up Scoot, if they're even able to trade that high. Um, I guess even being more detailed, like, so with Scoot, he's either going to be probably two or three, right? Um, if you're Charlotte, if you're, you if you feel like you're going to take another guard, like, you might as well just draft Scoot. Um, like, you wouldn't, I guess if you're saying you find a way to trade for, you know, like, for the pick, and then you trade Markel in a separate deal, I think that's what you're, like, you're bringing up, Luke, if, if that was a the possibility. But even that, like, if you're Charlotte, you're thinking, all right, we're going to give you this pick, but, like, we need players in return as well. And that's when you start getting to, like, other significant players. Like, the number two, like, being able to draft school is going to cost you a significant player. So either looking at either trading Markel for, you know, or whoever in that situation. So that's why I think, like, Markel's pretty solidified. And it's going to be hard to even move up um, because the teams ahead of the, ahead of the Magic, whether it's, you know, Portland, um, Detroit. Portland, Houston, Detroit, you know, they, these teams are also looking to move forward. Like, yes, you know, Houston was lower in the standings. Um, and so were, so was Detroit. And so was Charlotte. But these teams are also looking to take step forward, steps forward in their development. They're not looking to take, to, to take steps back um, in that sense. So talking about hypotheticals, and, and I mentioned before we started recording that we were going to get into this fake trade that came across Twitter today. When it comes to Bleacher Report, the Magic are almost always giving up like Markel Fultz for, you, you know, somebody terrible. I don't want to. I don't want to throw unnecessary strays on this podcast right now, so I'm not going to name names. But usually, sure. it's the Magic. I was going to say like Anthony Lamb, you know, <laughs> of, of the Golden State Warriors, who I'm pretty sure had some kind of like sexual assault allegation this year. So that's like a double reason the Magic would never take a guy. You know, look, I wasn't going to say it. You made me say it. And here we are. Anyways, usually trading away one of our best players for, you know, somebody that's not anywhere near as good. Today, Bleach Report released this mock trade of if Scoot Henderson is there at three and this hypothetical Brandon Miller goes number two, Scoot Henderson is sitting there at three and the Magic packaging to Portland. Gary Harris, Wendell Carter Jr., 6 and 11 for number three, essentially Scoot Henderson and Anthony Simons. So there's Wait. a lot going on in that deal. There is. Um, that's what it was? I, that's I, what it I was. think, okay, before the show, to like give some context, you mentioned this to me and I told you my rule about like some of these fake trades that are thrown out. <laughs> I look at it for five seconds. And if I, if I'm just kind of, if I don't like it, I move on. I don't even look back at it. Honestly, I think I look too quickly because I don't remember it being that that's, that's, 
I just want to look, I, I'm like a visual learner too. Like I need to see like the, per, like this laid out in front of me. I'm sure we but, quote tweeted it too. Let's see. Yeah. I'm gonna look it up as we're going. It doesn't make for the best podcasting, but to make to your point about some of these fake trades, I know I saw one, I think it was, I think it, all right. So there's one day. And, I just DM'd it to you on yeah, Twitter. Kobe, yeah. So if you want to pull that up. Yeah. I just pulled it up too. So there was one day I tweeted. I didn't, uh, I didn't even go back to the tweet because I, I was seeing a whole bunch of like Jordan Poole, Markel Fultz trades. And it wasn't just that I saw, I saw like, this is even a critique of the trade. Like I'm even going to critique, critique the trade. But what was weird to me is like, I saw multiple variations of it. And it was like the, I like the first thing I saw when I went on Twitter. So my first thing was like, I asked Twitter, was like, why am I seeing this? So did, did I like miss a report by someone like, did someone report like, the Warriors are interested in Markel Fultz. I remember seeing last year a whole bunch of reports saying that the Magic were interested in Jordan Poole or like people circling back to that. Like I was confused. So I saw that first thing in the morning and I tweeted it out. I saw the first few replies. Nobody gave anything constructive to me. So I just figured it was, uh, what do you call it? Fodder. Uh, just trying to turn some content or, or Warriors fans just trying to get interest i had no clue but that that's what i mean like at that moment i was like you know what i'm not entertaining i that it concerned me because like did i miss something because there's one thing for like the warriors to be like we're trading for markel fultz every single trade i saw was markel for jordan Poole, and some variations like i had to have missed something for every single one of these to be this i'm seeing it anthony simon's number three pick wendell gary six and eleven yeah that's that's something is this anything? I don't know, but this is definitely something. I want to know. So this is assuming screw set three, you said. So so you're telling me there's going to be a backcourt of Anthony Simon, Scoot Henderson, Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs, and Markel Fultz? So my question is that in this theoretical trade that happens, now you have like this overwhelming amount of wealth at the guard position. You trade away your center. I almost think if you're trading for Scoot and Anthony Simons, you're saying this is our backcourt of the future. And now you're having to make a move somewhere else for a center. So my question is like, at that point, are you packaging Markel and Jalen or Markel and Cole to try to trade for a center somehow? I mean, yeah. In, in theory, if you trade for Anthony Simons, and the pick to draft Scoot Henderson, like the pick with the intentions of drafting Scoot Henderson, and in addition to already having Markel, Jalen, and uh, Cole on the roster, like, yeah, you're probably packaging at least one of those guys. Like, we saw this past season just how, you know, having Gary, Cole, Jalen, and Markel healthy, like, how many, like, guard lineups, like the three guard lineups they had to play just to make that work. And really what what it like what helped was like having Gary kind of like play in the, like the three at times or whoever like Markel playing, whatever whoever you want to say was a three. But it would be very challenging to play three guard. I would just say this would be a challenge to play three guard lineups with you know those guards, those those five guards that we listed. In addition to, yes, you just lost your starting big man who Yeah, I'm just gonna have to say like we need like you have to <laughs> you have to make trades that make roster sense and you don't want to trade one of the better bigs in the league on one of the best, like in terms of value from a salary to production standpoint, like Wendell's one of the better values. 
in the league. Like out from the big man position, absolutely, but just period. Um, so yeah, you would have to find, and, it, and that's the challenge. Like you're not gonna like you'd be it, you'd be hard pressed to find a better big man for similar value in that sense. So before you be like, if we're saying this in theory, this trade was made, yes, you absolutely have to trade more than likely one of your guards, unless you just roll out, you know, Pavel at five lineups just to start. And we saw that a little bit this past season, but I don't think the Magic have an appetite for that. Or if they even made that, maybe if they make that trade, maybe they're showing, they're telling us something. Yeah, we're going to roll out these Paulo at five lambs, Franz at four lambs. We're just going to go. We're just going to run and gun. And yeah, this is why, this is why I look at these trades and I, you see, see what happens in my brain? I look at these trades and this is why I just throw them away five seconds later. It's just, terrible. It, it's awful. And it, and I guarantee you that they didn't think a thing about Markel or Jalen even. Maybe even Cole. I don't. Some of these writers that that put these together, man. I, I just feel like they don't they don't think at all. Like you said, they have to make roster sense, and they might think like those guys aren't even that important. Uh, you know, Mar- when Mar- Markel is so important. <laughs> why would? And my thing was like, why would? <clears throat> why would Portland do this? That's that's my that was my knee jerk reaction. That Portland absolutely does not yep. do this. Like, and this isn't, again, this isn't about how, and this this isn't, like I just said, Wendell is one of the better values that you're going to get in the league. For a guy that good, for a guy that salary, a declining deal, like, yeah, this is, and I'm assuming, like, Nurkish is either going to be the backup or you trade him. Well, whatever. So you have Dame, Gary, you have Sharp, and then you add two more rookies. Like, you're, you're getting one of your well-established, like, like you're not getting rid of. You're trading one of your well-established guards in Anthony Simons, and then like the opportunity to get like another high-level player. Like I feel like you can maybe even if not get more. Like they may just be better off just drafting a player at like just drafting Scoot at that point instead of adding two rookies. And I, I'm not I'm paraphrasing. I'm pretty sure Dame said he has no uh, desire to go through a rebuild or to you know keep training like this. You're gonna be like, all right, bet let's add two more rookies to your plate. Unless you want to package those those picks for another deal, like that's where I'm just like, yeah, you're kind of at that point. You're all just like making a trade just to make a trade. But that's my read on it. Uh, I'm I would admit I'm not the best like trade machine guy, but I can sniff out one that I don't like pretty easily. I think that would set off like a domino effect of trades. Like it would set off domino trade effect for the Magic. They would have to make additional moves to get a center. The Trailblazers would be trying to, you know, package six and eleven to find another established veteran somewhere along the way. I just there's I think it would change so much for the magic and the emphasis that they have put on making the playoffs this upcoming year from like top to bottom so far, like across the entire organization. I don't see them changing that much the night of the draft. It's just it's a lot. Yeah, I mean I I definitely think there'll probably be like some moves around the edges, but like I, they've kind of been telling us for a while, like they believe in this group. They want to continue to see this group grow organically. And, you know, I think we're going to see that, like what that looks like during draft night. Like obviously, you know, what the magic do also depends on what other teams want to do. Right. Like there could be changes. And this is why like when the season ends, I don't feel like the conversations are best had to have like, these bigger like what can happen conversations because now you're seeing 
like when the playoffs end, there are a whole lot of teams who are disappointed in how their season ended. You know, Milwaukee, Philly, um, Golden State, you know, there are teams who are just looking like, dang, we need to we need to figure something out. And maybe they can like the magic can look at those routes and so it's like ways to either, you know, upgrade their roster, um, whether it's trades or you know, free agency, whatever it may be. But yeah, I don't like the magic, I would be surprised if they're making moves for a significant player or significant like but what I mean by significant pick, it'd be like a top three or four pick unless one of those teams makes another deal. The The tough part for the Magic is they're not looking to, like, the foundation of this team so far, you know, basically the starter, Markel, Jalen, Cole, Franz, Wendell, Paolo, you know, the list goes like Gary, you know, they're not, I don't think they're looking to, like, they're not looking to move off guys in that sense. Like, they want to continue to build. And with that, you also come to understand if, like, well, that just makes it hard to make certain trades. Like, if you're trying to move up in the draft, you're more than likely going to have to come off a significant player. And then Magic, you know, they're showing that we want to build this team out. We want to continue to, um, yeah, they want to continue to build the team out uh, in that way. Jonathan, do you have anything else to to add to this? Because I've got a, a much more pressing issue that I want to ask Kobe about, that we both want to ask Kobe about. Is it the slam cover? Oh, it's the slam cover. I <laughs> said, what else would I be talking about at this point, man? I listen, I, I pulled them up just to really refresh my memory on these these pictures. Kobe, what did you make of uh the slam magazine cover? What they put our boy Paolo Bancaro in for the shoot. <laughs> I think I tweeted this out. I've never been more interested in Michael Jordan's opinion on a fit. <laughs> and I know he's looking at those pictures like so jealous. He's like, how do you get jeans that big? <laughs> I also want to know, like, how much denim did they have to use to get those jeans? Like, Paulo's not a sh- like, Paulo's not even like Michael Jordan. Like, he's significantly taller than Michael Jordan. So, like, how much denim did they have to use to just, like make those jeans for him? Because ain't no way he's going to like what was it called, like big and tall, tall and big, whatever that store is called. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, give me the biggest jeans you got in here. Like, those had to be custom made for him. It, they had to. Be. Those jeans are so big, they could take two, like, normal-sized women and make full-size denim dresses mm-hmm. out of those pant legs. I'd, I've never seen anything like that in my life. Is it, is, it a, is it a cop or a drop for you, Kobe? That's what I really want to know. Honestly, like, for me personally, probably a drop. But I respect the vision. I respect the vision. I respect the, the theme around it. Like, it wasn't, like, a Y2K, kind of, like, the new age sort of ordeal. So like the future. So I was like, you know what? I rock with it. I, I, res- I respect the, the vision and I respect the, the creativity going into it. But for me personally, nah, you're not going to see me out there like that. You're yeah. not going to see me pull up to a game in pants that I could fit both my arms in. Uh, <laughs> nah, you're not going to see me out there like that. I, I, I'm not going to say that I respect this at all. I This is crazy. <laughs> this is crazy. Like, this is nuts. Like it is ridiculous. Uh, and I don't care how cool the captions are. Like, uh, you know, the, the magic put it out there and they put charged up with the, the battery emoji. And I'm like, I listen, I look at the caption. I'm like, Oh, these pictures are going to be awesome. And then I look at them and th- the dudes wearing flare jeans in the second slide. Like I just can't, I can't get behind it. I can't. And you know what the magic didn't do though, guys, the magic didn't share the picture of Paolo in the Seattle supersonics jersey <laughs> that's, that's what they didn't do 
I forgot about that picture. Yeah, I'm while we're looking, while we're talking about, it, I'm actually going back through. Cause yeah, <laughs> before we even get into the Seattle pick, I the first pick I saw I was like, oh dang, Paul's got the the P five chain with the jersey, got the jeans, got the yeah, got it going, and then like it's a thread. <laughs> the second picture, it's just ginormous jeans. And I'm like, wow, this is this this is what's about. I can't get over how big the jeans are. Like they're so big, you can't even see his shoes. Like you could fit a per, and they kind of like flare out. To like, like you could jeans. probably fit. Yeah, you could probably like fit like a person in like one of the the legs. What What do you think the conversation is? Do you think Paolo knows this way before the shoot, or do you think he shows up and they're like, "All right, so we got these." <laughs> It's like you got what? <laughs> I can't get over uh, the jeans either. Yeah, I think. So I'm I'm looking at the last picture. He definitely had to know about this in advance. Uh, I would at least hope so. And the other part of it is like, there's the third picture that they that slam tweeted out. I really want to know if he dribbled. Like it's like it's like he dribbled in between his legs. Like that's the freeze frame. I want to know, like, whether he actually was able to, like, I bet he was able to do that just because he's an NBA player, skill one at that. But how in the world can you dribble a ball in between pants that big? Like, I know that had to hit, like, some kind of denim just going through because this is ridiculous. You can't even see, you can't even see space in between. Like, there's no white background in between when he, like, has his leg out. So how's a basketball going to get in between there? Oh, this is incredible. I can't even see the shoe. Like, I can't even be like, oh, yeah, I like the kids. I can't even see the shoes. <laughs> Can't even see the shoes. I, I was looking so hard to be like, dang, what Jays are he was he wearing right here? He has to wear Jays in this, he has to wear Jays in this shoe. Can't even tell. Yeah. Can't even and, tell. And Paolo, if you're listening to this by some chance, we think you look great. You look great. We'd love to have you on the show. Uh <laughs> I don't know where to go from there, but uh I, I had we we had to talk about it and I'm glad we did. What I will say is I respect the confidence to to say, you know what, I'm going to rock these. This is going to be on a, an international magazine to have that level of confidence is something that I know I will never in my entire life be that confident in myself to be like, you know what, I can rock whatever and, and make it look good. What do you think I, the magic I, group chat look like after this? <laughs> I don't Anthony like, Gary to... I guarantee you Gary Harris loves that fit I guarantee you Bull <laughs> Bull also loves that fit yeah oh man I, I know the group chat when it dropped whether it like they saw it before everything dropped or if they saw like the same time all of us did I know that they had a lot to say I'm going back to the Seattle Supersonics pick because you said oh yeah the magic did not share that one <laughs> Mm-mm. I can't even lie to you. That shirt's cold. Like that was actually. <laughs> hey, I know this hurt. Hey, John. I know the, hurt, the shirt sucks. You know why the shirt sucks? Because in three years, when Seattle is back, we're gonna have <laughs> Seattle fans sharing that picture like it's going out of style. <laughs> can't wait to see Paolo in supersonic green and yellow. Ah, uh, that shirt sucks, news. Toby. Three years of breaking news. That's what's gonna happen. That's just you said that's it an first. estimate. That's an estimate. <laughs> I can't lie. Uh, but yeah, let's go back to I, like the, I yeah these these pictures were, 
They were dope. But it's the confidence that he like you have to like you said, you have to admire the confidence that he used. Cause if someone brought up to me like, here, here are your dreams for the day, <laughs> I'm looking at you like either no, they're not, or all right, I gotta wear them. Like I'm not gonna be looking I'm not going to be looking confident in these pictures, but to his credit, like he, he pulled it off. It's not an easy thing to do to, to wear jeans uh, that are bigger than Amway center, but he did it somehow. And I respect it. Like people can clown him for it. I respect it. You are clowning I, him for it right now. What are you talking about? I'm not <laughs> for, yes. I'm acknowledging these jeans are humongous, but like, it's not, it's not like, it's not as like, we've seen worse. I promise you, we've seen worse. Oh and, yeah, Russell Westbrook's thing, got at least five fits, way worse. And the thing for him is that he did it with confidence. If you can tell, like he did it, like he was confident in doing it. If he wasn't confident, that would come across, and yeah, it wouldn't feel the same. But he 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 did fine. Who, who I need to, I need to figure out. It's actually in the story, like the stylist and whatnot. That who that's who deserves a real interview. Yep, styling. Yeah, there we go. There we go. That's 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 when we used the interview. I just want to know like the creative process. Kobe, last question. I need your prediction on where the Magic finish in the East next season. Oh man, we went from big jeans to <laughs> project the Orlando Magic's 2023-2024 season. Uh I mean, right now, without knowing who they're going to draft, without knowing. You know, obviously how free agents are going to play out, not just their free agency, but like what's going to happen with the Sixers, what's going to happen with Milwaukee. Uh, I guess what's going to happen to the Boston uh, in that sense. I, I mo- yeah, The Magic are going to be a top 10 team. Uh, they're going to at minimum make a play in next year. I, I would be actually quite surprised if they didn't make the play at the minimum next year. Um, where in that top 10 they finish, I think you say – would feel confident saying they're going to finish probably below six. So somewhere in the plan. Um, I look at the top of the East, you know, I know they had a, you know, their first round exit, but Milwaukee to me, like they have to hire a coach, but you have Giannis, you have the infrastructure. You're going to be at least a top four seat next year. Obviously things can go multiple directions for Boston. Um, but I would still consider them to be a top four team next year. In the same way, I feel way feel the same way about Philly. Um, Cleveland, again, the first-round team loss, but I feel like they're going to be a top five, top six team. So that leaves, what, two spots for the playoff teams? Um, you know, maybe they don't need to be a playoff team or clinch a top six seed to make any waves in the, in the, uh, in the playoffs. But, yeah, I, he already knows what I'm about to bring it. up. He already knows what I'm about to bring up. But I feel like if they actually, you know – get it together a little bit better i feel like the heat should be a top 16 next year just because they have been for what three of the past four years like oddly enough this has been the lone season since jimmy butler's been on the team where they have been a playing team i want to say um or a not a not non-top six seed and somehow they still end up in the conference finals so at least one spot in my head one spot for new york one spot for atlanta one spot for orlando one spot for chicago Toronto. Almost a toss-up. And I'm sure there are a lot of fans from other teams that are like, that spot's our spot. That's our spot's our spot. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying it's gonna be it's probably gonna be a battle. But I do believe that the Magic should at least be in that range in that playing range just because you know they show significant steps, significant progress last year. Um, the thing about progress is progress isn't always linear. 
Like, yeah, you made a 12-win jump uh, from, what, 22 wins to 34 wins? Um, that's significant. But the step from 22 to 34, whilst as a significant, that it's harder to take the next step forward. It's hard to get from 34 to 46 than it is from 22 to 36. You know, the steps are becoming better and better. They get harder and harder because there are a lot of other teams in front of you who are also trying to take those steps. Um, but with another year of growth from Paulo, Franz, Wendell, this core, you know, being healthy and uh, having a little bit more chemistry and just maybe even getting off to a better start, you know, they should be in that range of finishing somewhere between, you know, 38 to 44 wins. Where that lands you, I think historically the past couple of years, it's been 38, 39 wins is the the marker for the plan. You got to get to these 38 wins to even get into the plan most years. Um so that's where I'm at right now. Obviously, see who they draft. If they draft two rookies, if they want to add two rookies to this group, whether they trade for, a, you know, a more veteran player, how they address free agency, you know, what guy, you know, I think Mo Wagner's their own free agent. But obviously, they have a few guys who uh, have non-guaranteed deals for next year or partially guaranteed deals, so like how they handle that out. Um, and more than anything else, like I'm curious to see what's going to happen with other teams. Like there's could be a lot of teams who look at this offseason thinking, we got to make some moves. We got to shake something up. We got to do something just to re, uh, you know, re-energize our team or get there. But the Magic, you know, I'll repeat, I'll be very surprised if they aren't at the minimum of playing team. And get to the plan, you know, even if you're number 10, you're only two games away from making the playoffs. Just got to gotta win two road games, which is hard. But, you know, we, we saw it this past year with uh, – they weren't 10 seeds, but, you know, sorry to bring up again John but you know Miami before we get into their run like they lose the first one but they win the second one and then you're in or um so you you, that that's the fun part about the plan you you can you just need to win even if you're 10 or if you're nine just gotta win two and then you you can make it in yeah I'm I like that prediction I've been saying seven like that's my hope in where I think the magic should be shooting for next season especially if they're you know another year of Paolo and, and Franz. And if Jonathan Isaac can get and stay healthy, Jalen Suggs having a full healthy off season and the growth that we should see from him. So I'm not mad at that playing the absolute floor, I think, but yeah, I, I'd like to see them uh, get to seven. Seven or eight would be great just, or at least for them, just because they could host a playing game. That would be the, the great part for them. Just being able to host a playing game with that environment and way, you know, a do or die game in that sense. Um, that would be like the benefit of that. Just being like, yeah, even like we get, and if you're seven, you get two, you get two playing games minimum, or I guess uh, maximum. Uh, you get to play both games on your home floor. Yeah. I can't wait to send Trey Young home in a playing game. Palo. <laughs> that was so specific. Game on the line. I'm just looking at the standings, and I think that that's, oh, okay. I don't love Trey Young. And he's right there, so I can't not take a shot. But yeah, I think uh, I, th- I think man, yeah, you got me thinking about a, a an Orlando Magic playing game, do or die situation. That would be electric. I can't wait. Yeah, that uh, that would be a lot. Like I said, the the playing's just definitely a reasonable goal. I might even see the playoffs are off the table, but you know, it's it's easy to say, yeah, we're gonna be like they're gonna be a playing team, and then you then you start looking at the standings from this last year. Like, ah, oh, yeah, there are other teams that are also trying to make the playoffs. Other teams that, you know, conference finalists from this year trying to make the playoffs. 
you know, former MVP trying to make the playoffs. And, you know, I, I would say, like, even before, uh, before the draft starts, before free agency, like, I'll repeat, progress isn't always linear. So, especially in how it shows up in wins and losses. So, even if the Magic win 39 games, I'm just going to throw out there. They go, what was that? 39 and 43. Yeah, 39 and 43. Like, the, there can be more progress made from 30, from 34 to 39 than 22 to 34. It just may not show up every game. And the one thing I'll say about the Magic next year than compared to this year, they aren't going to surprise anybody. Like, they, they, they gained a lot of – like, just talking with people around the league and players and coaches, like, they got – like, they – they people are on notice about them. On notice in terms of, like, they're a real team that you have to – you know, you can't just be like, come to Orlando and mess around and be like, oh, yeah, it's going to be a game in Orlando. Like, no, people know, like, they're going to they're, – they're big. They're a tough team to play against. Uh, they can be disruptive. That's the one thing that you that was common that I heard about actually about them actually. Just like they're they're big, they're disruptive, they get into you. So yeah, like they're not gonna surprise. Like there's not gonna be a moment where these teams are like, oh dang, how they go on this winning streak? It's gonna they're gonna you know from the jump, people are gonna know what they're about. I like the sound of that, Kobe. We always love talking to you, man. You do a great job covering the team. Really, really appreciate everything that you do, man. Thanks for joining the show again. Appreciate y'all for having me on. And shout out to y'all for having that uh, Vucevic interview. When was that from? What was when that? Was that January. Last... January, yeah. Yeah, shout out to that because – shout out to y'all for having that because every time I hear, like, what's Vucevic going to do? What's Vucevic going to do? That clip from when he said <laughs> I, would, I would like to go back to the magic, uh, recirculate. So shout out to y'all for having that one. Thank you, Kobe. And we, you know, who knows what can happen? You know, there's been rumors on Magic Twitter. Vooch is in Orlando. He loves it here. He wants to play behind Wendell Carter Jr. He's willing to take a pay cut. So who knows what can happen? We'd love to have the the big fella back, but we always appreciate the kind words, man. We always appreciate your time. Oh, no, absolutely. Appreciate y'all for having me. Once again, thank you to Kobe for joining the show. Always fun talking with Kobe and appreciate you taking the time. Luke, that Slam Magazine cover, I, I'm almost, I'm, I'm trying to make the decision whether or not I want to buy the t-shirt, because the t-shirt, it really just cuts off, like, at the upper thigh, you don't see the flare jeans all the way down, and, like, the top, like, with the, the goggles and the P5 chain and the Magic jersey, like, it is kind of fresh, but I, I just, I haven't made the decision, I'm gonna, you know, deliberate over the course of the next couple of days. The jeans choice was a home run type of swing just just gunning to get over the wall just just man if i you know if, if this hits a home run i'm a good i'm i'm mine i'm just like solidified in fashion just heaven i don't even know but unfortunately i don't think this was a home run i think they swung so hard they're on the ground after because they put so much power into the swing. Um, that is the guy wearing the State Farm T-shirt. Hey, listen, I got to market myself. If you guys I, I had need to say, anything, I had to say it before we for, see it uh, in the YouTube comments. Yeah, if you guys need the uh, auto insurance, home insurance, state of Florida, feel free to hit me up. I'm using this as a shameless plug at this point. Um, yeah, like so, a good neighbor, Luke Sylvia is there. Absolutely right. You're absolutely right, and I'll probably save you some money. So uh, come on over. Um, yeah. You want so. To put your, Kevin put his number at the bottom of the screen. Like, right, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, but yeah, um, I, I, but the jeans, 
you didn't have to do the jeans. You really didn't. I thought the goggles were awesome. I thought the 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 P five chain was awesome. Obviously, the Magic jersey awesome. Didn't have to do Seattle the jersey shirt. was not awesome. Yeah, the jeans were terrible. Well, again, that's a confident man, and that guy is when when we win a championship, I will look at those jeans and be like, these are fantastic. These are awesome, awesome, awesome jeans, and hopefully. We never have to see that uh, Sonics jersey again. That, that was oh, enough for uh, for a lifetime, Luke. But anything else that you want to say before we go ahead and uh, wrap this one up? No. Go Magic, baby. We'll see you uh, many times before the draft. And then we'll see you at the draft party wherever we decide to hang out beforehand. And in Amway. Sounds good. All right. For Luke Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You all have been listening to The Six Man Show. And we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Sixth Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.